Hey there, Full Disc listeners. We've got something special for you today. In the current global pandemic world we're living in, we at Full Disc started feeling the huge void being left by the extreme lack of aviating going on. Our good friends at Mudspike Aviation felt the same. We both agreed that something needed to be done. Since we couldn't get out and watch our friends fly, we figured what better way to keep in touch than inviting them into our virtual flight line and having a simple conversation about all things aviation. For seven straight hours, we had live conversations with military pilots, airshow pilots, warbird owners and operators, social media personalities, and photographers. The audio was recorded live, and while there were definitely some technical issues that popped up, we feel that the quality of the conversation greatly outweighs the quality of the audio. Without further ado, Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation present the following for your listening pleasure. Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation presents an aviation conversation. All right, everyone. Welcome back uh, to our virtual air show. Um, I'm going to be closing out the day. This is Sean Mitchell at Ron Mitchell on Instagram, and I am joined by my good friend, Chris Loaf. I'm going to say hi, Chris. Yes. Hello, everyone. Chris Loaf here uh, at Loafing Photo on Instagram. So and we are delighted sorry to cut you out there we are delighted to be joined by our guests uh the hilarious and entertaining combat learjet who we have ascertained goes by the name steve so welcome steve hey thanks guys i appreciate you having me today all right well of course we are we are uh, very happy to have you here to uh fill out and uh be the closer for our day uh but uh uh, if you don't mind, uh, would you kindly tell us about your background uh, and what got you interested in flying? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I I would like to have said that I was, you know, that five-year-old that had that dream of flying my whole life, but I, I really didn't. You know, I kind of wandered around, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And um, I think when I was in high school, my I had a cousin that uh, he ended up flying B-1 bombers. And I, I saw a picture of him. He just graduated graduated from pilot training and had his flight suit on. He was standing in front. He had a red Fiero, and I thought that was about the coolest thing in the world. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I started thinking about it and kind of asking questions. Hey, what do I need to do? And I had one other family friend that was a colonel in the Air Force, and he he had some guidance like, hey, here's here's how you can go down this path. And so. Um, I went away to college. I went to uh, Albuquerque University in New Mexico and discovered ROTC and and it, tried that for a little bit and then didn't really like it. Didn't think I liked the military. It was kind of a you know a lot of backstory there. And then so I got out for a while. And then somewhere along the way in my college career, I went, wow, I I could fly airplanes in the military. They're looking for guys to do that. And so I ended up going back and getting serious about it and. That's really when I kind of started flying, uh, got my private pilot's license, and uh, started working towards my goals in the military. So I, I wouldn't say I was one of the guys that started out just, you know, wanting to fly from five years old on. So it just kind of found me along the way uh, in my college college days. Uh, if, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what did you fly when you were going through training? Yeah, so it... Before you go to pilot training, I flew. Uh, I flew. A, I got my license in a in a one fifty two. Um, I also flew a one seventy two a little bit, 
And then you go down to the Air Force had a screening program that you fly a 172. That was down in Hondo, Texas. I flew that. And then when I went to pilot training at the time I went through, they were flying the T-37 and everybody flew the T-38. So okay. I, I was I was thrilled to get to fly actually the 38. I thought it was an incredible aircraft. So I was really excited to fly that. And uh, and that's what I flew during my training time. And, and then when I graduated, I went on to, to other things. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, both Chris and I are big fans of the T-38, along with quite a few of our other photographers. It's a beautiful-looking plane. But uh, could you tell a little bit more about what it's actually like to fly that plane, if you, if you want to think back that far? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, still, I still remember my very first ride in it. So they, you're, you're what they call the dollar ride, the first ride you get in it. Um, they put you in the front seat, the instructor's in the back seat, and, you know, at this point in the cur in your flight training, you've got maybe a whopping 80 or 100 hours, and here you are in a supersonic jet, and I, I just remember he, he tapped the burners, and we took off, and it, you know, kicks you to the back of the seat, and we were down the runway, climbing out and in the area before I really knew what happened. And I just remember thinking, I am never going to learn to fly this airplane. It is way too fast. <laughs> and uh, everything it does is fast. You know, it comes in and we fly around in the pattern at 300 knots. And uh, I just remember really the trying to catch up to that airplane and, and let your, your mind think at those speeds. and. And it's a very, uh, I wouldn't call it a forgiving airplane. The wing's so thin that, you know, if uh, if you don't respect that airplane, it will definitely kill you. So I, I just uh, remember early on thinking there's no way I'm going to learn to fly it. And then somewhere along the way, I just found my way in it. And some guys really thrive in it. And I love that airplane. It was it was fun to fly. And I really felt like it did, every, it did everything, you know, that they asked you to do well. It was. It was not as acrobatic as a T-37. That one did a lot more stuff, but the 38 really was just a sweet flying airplane, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, that's awesome. I, I, it, it looks just, again, it just looks like such a beautiful uh, plane, and from everything we've heard from other people, it's it sounds a lot like you know, a hot rod, it doesn't have a lot of movement side to side or, you know, uh, the maneuverability that another plane might have, but it is, uh, it is pretty fast. It's interesting to hear you, you talk about it as, uh, as something that's tr tricky to keep up with almost, but, um, let's, uh, well, let's, uh, jump on to, uh, the, the ultimate question, which is, uh, how did you end up in the combat Learjet? And if you don't mind a uh, second part, uh, can you explain the mission of the combat Learjet? Sure. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, yeah, I, one more thing I want to say on the 38, just it took 10,000 feet to do a loop on that thing. So wow. that's how lack of maneuverable it was. So you had to, oh, wow. when you went out in the area to do your acrobatics, you had to like build in that much space to do it. So anyway, um, so yeah, I, I graduated pilot training at the time I graduated about over half of the guys were not getting airplanes. It was a time that the air force had way too many pilots and not enough cockpits to go to. So uh, it was, they were, they called it banking pilots. So over half of my class went to a desk job for like three years. Wow. So the, the, the people that, you know, the top half of the class that got airplanes 
it was it was very limited there wasn't a lot of fighters um there wasn't a lot there was no in my drop there was no bomb i wanted to be one uh i wanted an a10 there were none of those dropped um so it was limited what 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 did drop down i mean a couple guys got one guy got an f16 to be determined somewhere and and there was a C21. I didn't get the C21 originally. I, I got a KC135 um, out of pilot training. And I went and I flew that my entire Air Force career for 10 years. I was uh, up, upstate New York for a few years. And then I went to uh, Fairchild in Spokane for four years. And then I finished up at the schoolhouse as a, as a 135 instructor for a couple of years at Altus. Okay, and so you so you flew that KC-135 for quite a while of your career then. I did. I did. I flew that for, yeah, the 10 years I was in the Air Force. And and that's ultimately how I kind of discovered the C-21 uh, Combat Learjet Squadron. Is I was doing a mission, getting ready to get out of the Air Force. I wanted to go to the airlines. And I, was, I had a student who was a C-21 guy. So he had he had finished up his C-21 tour and he was now coming to the KC-135. And we happened to do be doing an air refueling uh, track over Colorado, real, near Colorado Springs. And he told me, hey, there's a little guard unit down with two airplanes. And I just happened to have the phone number for the uh, operations officer. So I was like, oh, man, I'd I would love to do that. So I ended up, uh, his name was Mark Dureski. And uh, I ended up getting the number from him. And I called and it just so happened the unit was looking at having a hiring board in the next six months. And so I got all my stuff together and kind of rushed the, the guards a little different. You got to you got to go meet the folks and they got to like you. And and then they decide whether or not they want to hire you into a unit. And, you know, long story short, I ended up getting hired into that unit. And I flew the C-21 for 17 years in the Colorado Guard. Uh, after oh, wow. my Air Force time, so, and I was I was a full time guy. They asked me to be a full time guy, uh, so I put my airline uh, goals on hold. And then nine eleven happened, and a lot of that stuff. So I just stayed in the unit and really enjoyed flying the Learjet uh, for that long. So it was a it was a great mission. So that's that's kind of my history. The the answer to your second part of the question is the the C twenty ones primary mission is is carrying around uh in the military general officers and and or other sometimes we carried uh you know representatives and even senators and stuff like that so it's a it's a dv transport aircraft there the air force uses it primarily for that however it's it's suitable for lots of other missions you can you can pull all the seats out and carry cargo and we we also had a medevac mission, which I never personally did, but we had the ability to do that. You know, we could uh, we could medevac people around. Um, you could medevac, uh, you know, donated organ, all that kind of stuff. That mission was out there as well. And then uh, in our unit, we after nine eleven, we took a big role in uh, testing our air defenses. So all the pictures you see with fighters off my wing that I post on my page occasionally that was that was what that all came from so we would okay. fly fly around and test all the air defenses so there's now fighters that set alert throughout the united states and canada uh in preparation for you know anything like 9-11 again 
And so that was our mission to go. And we flew as bad guys. We were hijacked airliners. We were, you name it. We were acting like a Cessna that flew through a TFR. We, we did all sorts of stuff to get the fighters to come up and join on us. And sometimes we, we, we did what they wanted. Sometimes we were, uh, belligerent and didn't do anything they wanted so we tested the entire process so that uh, technically makes you an aggressor it does that is good. It, it is it <laughs> is yeah so and we some of those scenarios would go all the way to a quote unquote shoot down scenario so we we wow. we exercise that entire uh, process that is an interesting job that that's it's no yeah. wonder you got so many of those great pictures from that but yeah it, it it was fun. It was great to do that. It was fun to to give the fighter guys a hard time, I and mean, we we purposely hmm. fly slow and make it hard on them, and uh, <laughs> you know, not not uh. do what they wanted us to do. But uh, yeah, so and then with that, we also carried around. So it was it was a the the NORAD IG team was at my base there in Colorado Springs, and so we would they're the ones that would uh, um, inspect these these units so we would haul the norad ig team to where they're going then fly the target and then take the norad ig team to the next location that we were gonna we were gonna evaluate so we worked a lot with those guys that is that is very interesting uh chris you had a question for right i I do um so would you what would you say kind of shifting gears here a little but kind of going back to what you were talking about before all the different uh platforms you've flown of all those, uh, do you have do you have a favorite that you've flown, and and do you elaborate on why? Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I enjoyed something about uh, uh, every one of them, and I, I tell folks that sometimes guys are disappointed. Oh, I got this, I wanted that, and I found that no matter what airplane you're flying, you learn to to appreciate it and and love it for what it what it does. So I would say. Overall, I truly love flying the Learjet. the the uh, The C twenty one is just it's just a rocket. It flies like a fighter. I mean, it's got in essence the wings were designed off of a off of a fighter, so it handles really well. The thing that I don't like about it is the cockpit's tiny. Uh, I'm kind of a bigger guy, I'm about six one, two twenty, and you know for for a guy that size, that that cockpit gets really small over time, and uh, it it uh, it caused a lot of us, and I'm one of them included, to have back issues and, and even back surgery. So uh, it's it, that part of it. So I told everybody it was really fun to fly for about an hour, or hour and a half, and then it was a pain train after that. And a lot of a lot of our missions were four hour missions. So. Um, don't really have a bathroom to get up. There's just a little toilet right behind you, but it's you're pretty much locked into the thing. So, um, so I enjoyed that a lot. Um, however, I've uh, you know the 38 was just fun for the speed. The 37 was fun for acrobatics, and there were, each one of them had a little bit things I liked and hated. The 37's air conditioning was horrendous and just melted in the summer. So, but um, yeah, so I'd say overall. I, I, I love that. And in my current job, um, I fly for an airline and I fly the 737 and I, I love that airplane a lot. It's, uh, it really is. It's, it's a challenge. I'm surprised. Uh, I thought coming from the 135 to this one that the 737, but there's so many different models and variants and weights. And it, it, it is by far the most challenging airplane I've ever flown 
to land well. Um, all the keeps other ones, you, I thought, yeah, it is. Keeps it's, keeps you on your toes. <laughs> and I see guys that have flown it for years. <laughs> you know, they've they've got twenty thousand hours in it, praying landings in, and I'm like, well, it's not just me. So uh, you know, it's it's a challenging airplane, I think, or it has its time. So yeah, I don't know if it's a if it's a specific. Um... Uh, airline situation but all the 737s that come in from southwest they come in hot and man i don't i don't know what it is uh th- there's something about that there where you know it's coming in because it just feels like they're coming in so much hotter than the, than the rest of them so really interesting to hear that it's such a a tricky plane to to work with um it's but... it's a clean airplane uh unlike anything i've ever flown and it's hard to get it to go down and slow down mm-hmm. whereas the the learjet was like a piano if you needed the drop altitude you just you could pop boards and and the thing just dropped like a rock the 737 Mm. you really it's tricky and guys get behind you really have to manage your energy to get the thing to go down and slow down so i mean it's built for (laughs) efficiency and it it, it really is Mm -hmm. yeah so it's a real workhorse for sure yeah yeah uh well um all right so uh out of curiosity, uh, so you've talked about a few of the planes you've flown, but what is the fastest you've been, and how high have you flown, and what planes did you do that in? If you if you uh, can remember yeah, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fastest you get a chance in the 38th, they give you the opportunity to break the sound barrier. Um, you, they call it a boom ride, and you get a certificate, and it's kind of cool. So I think we I went one point, something like that. So you, you get a chance to at least see what it's like to go through the sound barrier and have done that. So that was the that's the fastest I've been. Learjet, um, I've been up to, gosh, I'm been a few years, but I, I want to say the ceiling on that is forty five thousand, and I've been to the been to that. Um, we do uh, we did some FCF flights in it where when it come back from a heavy maintenance you got checked out to go take it up and, and try every single thing out. So you would take it all the way to 45,000 and shut off one bleed air and make sure it still maintained pressurization. So you did a lot of that kind of um, testing on it. So that's as high as I've been. I, I hear guys higher than that out there. And I'm like, wow, but uh, um, hmm. the, it, you had to really work to get the Learjet to 45,000 when uh when we deployed in it and I flew missions over in Afghanistan and Iraq, we would, we would come back. And I think we came back from Afghanistan, um, to where we were based and we'd go at 43,000 and you would have lots of gas and passengers. And it was really difficult to get it to 43,000. And there was a couple of times where you would get it there and you think, all right, we made it. And then you just start watching your airspeed begin to decay. And you're like, man, I guess I didn't make it. So uh, we're going to need to go back down for a little bit. So anyway, you're like, I'm not flying a U2 here. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not. So it's it, you had to you had to really finesse it to get it up there. That's for sure. Good deal. So uh, kind of sticking with the combat type uh, type questions. Uh, is there been any particularly dangerous situations um, that you're able to share that you've been in? Any interesting mission stories that uh, you can think of? Um, you know, flying that thing, that was a, that's the whole tongue in cheek about the combat Learjet is you see the patch, it's unaware, unafraid. And, <laughs> you know, so we flew that thing into some, 
some nasty places and uh we had no equipment to de- detect anything so that's the that's the unaware or the, you know we we just went into them and we were unafraid i guess where that went so uh so th- there were some places that you would go at times wondering you know i i a couple times i held i was on approach and all of a sudden they say the airfield's being shelled so you're like okay well we're holding and uh you know and then you land and you're gas and you know it wasn't too long ago that they were you know shelling the field and here you are out by the fuel tanks uh trying to get gas on the thing so uh yeah there's a few of those scenarios but you know nothing like i i can't say i've ever really been shot at that i know of and done anything like that and uh stories of those calls i probably had my closest calls i i did have my closest calls in the kc-135 um uh, I just shared just recently, I had a let's call it the B2. We we just about hit each other uh, going beak to beak. Um, and I'm, we missed by feet or less. And we flew through wow. their wake turbulence. I had a, I was refueling some F-18s one day and an F-14 went right through between the F-18 and us. The F-18 was maybe you know, 300 yards off our wing and the F-14 co-altitude went the other direction between us. So, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's some times that stuff like that just gets mixed up. You know, you're out there refueling in, in areas with lots of fighters coming and going. And if some somebody misreads the spins where they're supposed to be at what time, um, it, it can get hairy, you know. But uh, those are the times where it just, you realize, wow. <laughs> Uh, sideways on this pretty quickly if you're not careful so yeah every day every mission seems to be a potential dangerous one it's just yeah it's crazy to hear those kinds of situations come up but yeah it's just putting lots of airplanes in a small area you know anytime you do that um you do everything you can to try to uh, reduce the risk of that but as airplanes are coming and going and as a 135 guy they're always coming to get gas so there's just there's lots of potential to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, I, most guys that flew the 135 have probably got some of those stories, you know, where you're, um, you had close calls with the uh, air-to-air type stuff. Well, we got a couple of questions from, uh, from uh, followers on the, on the uh, Discord here. Uh, Photography-ish asks, what was the motiva- uh, motivation behind starting your Instagram account? And is it anything like what you expected when you started it? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I think uh, what really got me to want to start it was I was doing that mission with fighters off my wing, and um, I had uh, I had been exposed to Instagram a little bit and seen that hey, this is a great platform for showing. I, I like the you know just how you scroll through it, and so um, we decided to. I decided to kind of look at it and go, hey. Um, this is great. This is a great format to post some of my pictures I got with uh, fighters and stuff off my wing. So that's what got me started. And when I first started my page, I was a purist in the sense that I only posted my own stuff. I was really proud of that. And then it probably took me six months to go, this is getting boring because my own stuff's just the same stuff over and over. So uh, I started looking around seeing, wow, there's a lot of cool aviation stuff out there. And that's really where I, I made the jump. And that's when my page really started kind of growing is when I just started posting other cool things out there. 
Um, and I, I, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect of, of Instagram. There's times where, uh, I, I, I love it. There's times where it drives me crazy. Um, I've, I've been very grateful for some of the people that I've got to meet on there. I mean, there's some incredible people out there that I would never had the opportunity to come across. And, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for that, uh, getting a chance to meet and talk to some of these people. So, uh, it's, 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 it's been a wonderful platform for aviation as a whole, I think. And, um, I'm honored and and thrilled to be a part of it. That's awesome. Um, kind of pulling on the same, the similar thread there, um, question from GM Fuller, uh, down in the chat. Um, where, where did your, uh, your friendly Instagram relationship with the other page, uh, one of your friends, Pilot Stuff, originated from. So Pilot Stuff and I are buddies, and we flew the Learjet together for 17 years. Okay, wow, and, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so we are we're still great friends. Uh, that the giving each other a hard time goes way back. We did it long before Instagram, and we we did stupid stuff like he'd ride his he'd ride his bike to work, and I'd. I'd hide, try to hide rocks and stuff in his backpack. So he's, he's having, he's having to ride his stuff, you know? So we just did that kind of stuff back and forth our entire career. And it just came natural when we both got on Instagram, I started my page first. I talked him in, into starting his. And once he got it going, then, you know, it wasn't long before I was giving him a hard time and he, he's done the same. And so I, I mean, I get that question all the time. Do you got, do you hate that guy? I'm like, no, man, he's, he's a great guy. We're, we're great friends. We stay in touch. We talk, we talk a lot. We don't live in the same area anymore. He got hired went to another airline. And, um, so we're not, uh, we're not seeing each other on a regular basis, but, uh, we still, we still keep in touch. So yeah, that's the history behind it. So, and it, it sorry, go keep going. Sorry. I just said guys like to give each other a hard time, you know, you know how it is. So it's just, it, it came natural to, to make fun of him with stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it seems like if, any, if anything, it's kind of, it's kind of giving you a little heat, uh, almost like you got something, you know, a few people really seem to be interested in, uh, you know, rivalries and stuff like that. It seems to gain people popularity, but, um, uh, it's, yeah. it's been pretty funny to watch you, you guys rib each other. Uh, it's it certainly adds to the the kind of comedic element of your account, uh, which all starts yeah. from your, you know, from the the uh, unaware and uh, unaf- yeah. unafraid kind of uh, kind of situation that comes up. Um, uh, so I guess uh, a question that would be kind of similar to that uh, that relates to uh, the constant ribbing that people give each other. Um, did you have a call sign? And uh, if you did. Uh, would you be willing to share it? And uh, maybe uh, we can, I guess we could go PG thirteen rated uh, story <laughs> of how you got it if you had one. No, I, I do have I have a couple of calls. You know, I don't have anything spectacular. I know a lot of guys earn their call signs with you know doing whatever they did. And um, I was uh, I was called cowbell uh, in my uh, in my in my squadron, and only because nothing really because of that. Just the fact that 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 cowbell video came out and next thing I know, you know, people were calling me cowbell. And of course I did the thing that anytime you get a call sign that you think stupid, you hate it. You're like, don't call me that. And the (laughs) the more I tried that, the more it stuck. And then after a while, I just kind of uh, embraced it. So uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really hadn't, I didn't do anything dumb. I didn't, you know, a lot of the guys are time of, uh, um, 
you know, have done certain things and uh, you get a call sign out of it. But uh, it is just one of those ones that stuck with me. And I had a different one I when I was going through pilot training, but it was just, you know, it's just at the time we all had call signs, but that one didn't really follow me on to other places. So uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I, in our community, but not, so much as fighter guys fighter guys definitely have them and definitely their community has them our com- our community was a little bit more hit and miss whether you had one or not so um, huh. a lot of times guys would get them but uh it's definitely a uh, a huge part of the fighter community they they have a call sign i mean they they all they have a naming ceremony where at some point they name you and you get your call sign so and usually by the time they do that you uh, stewed something up enough to earn that call sign. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there have been so it's one of uh, it's definitely one of our favorite back and forths. Is you know when we take a picture, we try to see did we take something sharp enough to see the call sign, and just yeah. the call signs are just incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, I, we were attached yeah. to the Buckley guys, and they had you know there's call signs up there that just made me laugh. So they were all fighter guys, F16 guys, and just some of the stuff that they had, you know, I mean, uh, one guy they called BC. I'm like, why do you call him BC? And they're like, have you seen his chin? And he had like a real cleft chin and it was for butt chin, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it's just that's a kind like that. one. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty kind one. There was another guy that he broke the sound barrier. So they called him mock. And then, uh, I think at some point he, uh, pulling G's, it's not uncommon that these guys lose control of their bowels, uh, pulling hard G's. No. So he became, uh, instead of, well, he broke the call. He broke the sound barrier twice. So he was mock do for twice. And then after <laughs> that situation, he become mock poo. So, uh, yeah, there's, you know, those kind of things are out there. So I just threw a couple guys under the bus on that one that I don't have my own on that. So yeah. uh, I, th- I think they'll probably yeah. appreciate it. That's pretty yeah. funny. Um, that is the funny thing is immediately when you said cowbell, that's exactly where my mind went. Uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> exactly, you know, showing yeah, showing his that. stomach with the cowbell. Uh, I, I don't know how else it, what else it could even come from, um, but that's hilarious that it actually came from that. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's a uh, that's pretty funny. Um, well, we got a couple yeah. more minutes we can maybe throw in here if you're okay with it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I had a, I had a question uh, because uh, you've obviously seen you know uh, quite a few of us. Uh, you know, we shoot a lot of low level photography. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, have you ever flown the combat Learjet in the low level? And uh, anywhere interesting that you have particularly flown, if you have flown it? Not no. You know, we didn't really have a mission for that. We would fly as low as we were allowed to fly through the Colorado mountains. So I did, uh, I did some, some, some cool routes through that, but, uh, we never like entered an exit, uh, um, um, low level, you know, routes kind of stuff where it's, it's, it's no kidding, uh, set, set up for that. Um, yeah. But, uh, it's, it, it was definitely fun to fly VFR down as low as you could. And, uh, we, we practiced a lot of that. We had a mission at one point, uh, um, president Ford was still alive and we had a mission going in and out of, uh, Eagle cause he had a house up there. And if, if he passed away in Colorado, we were going to be heavily involved. Hmm. And, uh, it, uh, so we went up there and trained, like if we lose an engine, how are we going to escape out of some of these mountains? So we went to Aspen and Eagle 
and Leadville and all these mm-hmm. Colorado type towns. So we did a lot of uh, low altitude flying in and out of that stuff. But uh, I don't, I don't have per se a, uh, a cool low altitude, low level route that we'd, we flew on a regular basis. So that was kind of, they, they really didn't want us doing too much of that stuff, but uh, we did what we could through the mountains. Yeah. I, I could imagine that still being a pretty, a pretty nice place to fly. I've, I've been up in those mountains and man, I, I can only imagine what it looks like from, from a plane that low. Um, yeah. But uh, well, if, uh, if you, you know, if uh, we don't have any other questions, questions for you but i would love to give you an opportunity to um just you know plug away anything you know obviously i think most people will probably know you from your instagram account so i'm guessing you're probably not going to need to share that one but um anything else you want to th- throw out there or plug uh before uh before we uh head off into the sunset here yeah i appreciate it man i appreciate you guys having me on here i, I truly am honored uh it's it still makes me laugh um you know, I was just telling a buddy, I'm like, I don't know why they want to talk to me, but yeah, that's, I, I'm going to go do this. So I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's fun to do this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm obviously I'm out there. Uh, I've, I've got Instagram is my primary. I started my Facebook page about a year or so ago, so I'm still doing that. And I've got, I've got a little side business, you know, I sell some t-shirts at combatlearjet.com and, you know, coins and patches and, anything aviation type stuff I can, uh, I can do. I, I just teamed up with a, a shirt company called uh, blackbird Flightwear, and they have, you've probably seen some of their old retro shirts that they have. And I, I had one of those when I was, uh, just figuring out, I wanted to be a pilot and I was in ROTC. And so when I came across them and we kind of talked and worked things out, I was excited to, to team up because they have what I consider some really cool images that go on t-shirts and they're the ones that sell all the shirts at all the air shows. So, um, I know like a lot of them, a lot of companies are hurting right now because the air show circuit is, uh, you know, decimated. So, so I'm thrilled to work with some companies like that, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity just to come and, you know, tell, tell stories. I guess the older I get, the more I'll probably enjoy, uh, telling my old stories at some point. So, but, um, yeah, this is a great platform and I know you guys put a lot of work into making this happen. So thanks a lot for that. Oh, of course. The pleasure has been all ours. Um, you know, and, and it's definitely fun to, you know, see all the different stuff that comes up on your account, but we can say, I know that I can say, and, and most other photographers I'm sure would say the exact same thing. We really appreciate, you know, the fact that you are a, not only you are a, uh, a, a large account that, you know, potentially even gives us a little bit of, uh, um, uh, almost like, uh, notoriety, but also it, it's, you give us the credit, you know, and we really appreciate that. And there are a lot of accounts out there that we have to fight, you know? Um, and, yeah. and so I can speak from experience. I don't want to put myself too much into this, but, um, we definitely appreciate the fact that you go out of your way to make it, uh, so that you give the credit to the people that are taking them. Um, I appreciate, I, I do appreciate that. And I, I want to say on that end for anybody listening, I, I do know you guys put a ton of work into making those shots happen. And without you and putting in the work and the sweat and the tears to get there and get your, you know, potentially one second opportunity to get these great shots, we don't have anything to post. So uh, I appreciate what you guys do on that end. And I hope people realize that work that goes into it and they give the proper credit uh, to us for doing it. Right. Yeah, no, and I can say for sure that I've found quite a few people whose work I now follow because you have shared it. Um, 
and made it very easy accessible so that's uh, yeah that's definitely appreciated because there's yeah. so much there's so much cool stuff people see out there yeah that's what i love that's the that part of the community where you get a uh, a photographer he's only got a few hundred followers but he's got some phenomenal pictures and you share it and other people get a chance to um you know see how awesome his 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 photos and stuff are that that's the neat part of you know putting people together in this whole thing i mean there there are a handful of people i come across i'm like wow i i can't believe your page isn't fifty thousand already with the quality of your shots you're getting and so it, it's neat to see that well, uh, it sounds like a, as, as a great a time to, to potentially uh, end our conversation there. We uh, have greatly appreciated having uh, you as part of this. And uh, we've also appreciated everybody who has hung around the whole day or only been in for parts of this. Um, but uh, we absolutely hope to do something like this in the future again. And we're going to work on trying to do some, something with the recordings that we've taken today. But uh, thank you again, Steve, for coming on here. Uh, and thank you to everyone, all the different performers that have joined us today. Um, but uh, otherwise, that is uh, going to uh, finish out our uh, virtual air show, at least in session one. So um, have yourselves a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to this aviation conversation. We hope that our discussion of aviation brought a smile to your face. This was our first time hosting this event, and we look forward to doing it again in the future. We welcome any feedback to improve these future events. You can find Full Disc Aviation online at www.fulldiscaviation.com and Mudspike Aviation at www.mudspikeaviation.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.